What we're doing is, is much bigger than Pathwater. Now, there is a movement against single-use plastic, and we're really proud to be leading that movement within our state. Access to clean water in places where it's not as accessible. We need to build that type of infrastructure on a global scale. I think over the next 12 to 18 months, you're going to see a surge of conversation against plastic bottled water continuing to really roll forward. Welcome to the Beyond Capital podcast. In our purpose-driven world, leadership is increasingly crucial. We are bringing you the stories of leaders that are marrying profit with purpose. I'm Eva Yazari, CEO of Beyond Capital. And I'm Ed Stevens, CEO of Appreciate. Together, Eva and I have built and invested in businesses worth millions. We want to show you how social impact can exist in a company's operations, product, and culture, sometimes unexpectedly. We hope you walk away knowing the possibilities of social impact for you and feeling inspired by the potential to do good. This is the Beyond Capital Podcast. Today's guest is Shadi Bakor. Shadi is the founder and CEO of Pathwater, a water company that manufactures reusable, refillable water bottles with the mission of ending single-use plastic in the industry. Shadi previously founded Exum, a technology hardware company, and has held positions at Booz Allen and the Abraj Group. Welcome, Shadi. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Really excited to be joining all of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to start out at the beginning. You really seem like yeah. a natural born entrepreneur from, you know, what we've learned about your company as well as some of, you know, your your background. Can you maybe just unpack the story or stories of what or who are the were the influences that shaped your work today? I got to give credit to my parents. You know, from a very young age, I was pushed very hard, not only academically, but in all aspects of of life. And I think having that well-rounded background kind of put me in a mindset to become more of a generalist where I could, from a high level, look at what are the big problems out there today and what are the best ways to go out there and solve them. Obviously, you know, there, there are a number of business people that I look up to across the board, like Richard Branson, like Elon Musk. And then, you know, throughout high school and college and beyond, I've just been very blessed to have interacted with people that have built successful businesses and, and to be inspired by them to create my own business and to embrace what it truly means to be an entrepreneur. I think entrepreneurship has a an interesting stigma in this day and age where everyone kind of wants, wants it, but they don't know what it takes or maybe they do know what it takes, but they're not necessarily willing to put in that type of energy and sacrifice. So I think that's a big part of, of what's led me to, to be here today. So they say that the three ingredients for success are talent, opportunity, and effort. Which of those do you think is really your number one? I always say that quote that says, luck is the combination of when opportunity meets preparation. I think talent is a skill. Talent is not something that you're necessarily just born with. It's something that can be built over time. And so at the end of the day, I would say effort. I mean, I always like I have it on my mirror in my in my room. It says, 
hard work work. And I, I just really believe in that. That's incredible. So you founded Pathwater in 2015 with two others. Can you tell us about your business and what also motivated you to start it? As you mentioned very gracefully in, in the introduction, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had various projects or ventures in the past, some with mild success. But when we started Pathwater, the idea was we wanted to create something that was really simple. It's a very simple idea that we could get onto the market very quickly, but that could also have massive scale and massive impact in the world. And so I think the combination of those things kind of led us to just during a brainstorming session about what was our next idea? What was our next venture? Led us to go down the path of water. I mean, everybody drinks water, right? And what are the different ways that you could innovate within the water space? Well, all of these bottled water companies that exist today are, you know, and, and up to this point over the past 40, 50 years since the since the beginning of bottled water, I've been trying to focus on how can we make sure that the hydration is there? You know, do we add electrolytes? Is it do we pull it from a spring? Do we make it alkaline? You know, whatever, whatever functional changes that you can make to the water. But during that time, something I, I think that we forgot is that the way that we're delivering water on a global scale is honestly flawed. And finally, the headlines are coming to the front now and, and we're starting to see more and more brands that are taking this angle of how can they be more sustainable. But frankly, a lot of them are just trying to ride a wave and to make a lot of money out of this new trend. So it's, it's hard to identify those brands that are truly providing a solution and, and believe in what they're doing beyond just the financial ROI. Let's unpack that a little bit. What does that mean specifically for Pathwater? I mean, I know about reusable water bottle companies like Swell or Camelback, but I also know that Pathwater is different. I would love for you to highlight some of those differences. For us, it's a combination of a few things. Right. You have your the, the industry of, of reusable bottles where those bottles are usually more expensive. You know, you have to go to whatever sporting goods store, for example, grab a reusable bottle, bring it home, wash it out, fill it with water, and then make sure you're carrying it around with you all day. And unfortunately, the reason that not everyone in the world has a reusable bottle because we all know that reusing is the best form of sustainability. Not everybody uses a reusable bottle. Why? Because the truth is people are inherently lazy. You know, we, we want to have our cake and we want to eat it too. And so that's why bottled water as an industry exists is for the convenience, for the accessibility. I think over the past 40, 50 years since bottled water has even existed in the world, we've kind of been brainwashed as a society to think that it's normal to drink a bottle of water for seven minutes and then when you're done you toss it out and that plastic bottle lasts for another 700 years so what we've been able to create with Pathwater is a combination of reusable products so the sustainability of a reusable bottle with the convenience of bottled water at a very affordable price and i think those three things together kind of form the trifecta of what Pathwater is all about we want to make sustainability accessible to the masses. So how many bottles are actually, plastic bottles are actually produced? I know it's got to be a gigantic number, but mm -hmm. I want to know how big it is. I, I need to know how many so plastic in the bottles? US, it's 50 billion. Worldwide, it's over 200 billion per year. Bottles. Bottles. And how many of those are actually recycled? 
globally, the recycling rate of plastic is 9%. Why is that so low? Well, it's higher in the U.S. It's 29%, which is still not super high. People think that recyclable things are always recycled. They're, they're just not. The infrastructure is honestly still being built and it's going to take time. Yeah, this is fascinating to me. And I think my perspective really shifted when living in Europe, where people don't just assume that using a plastic bottle is the way to consume your water. In fact, there are even glass recycling and washing programs. And when you get a glass bottle of water at a restaurant, it often has like the adhesive from the prior whatever label it was, like just kind of on it. And it looks weird, but it's because it was reused and everybody accepts that as, you know, the good truth. So that's really interesting. I would love to learn a little bit more about are you refilling the water or is it just the bottle that you are creating and how are you working with your customers and also who are your customers to reach the scale that I'm I I have the great feeling that you are are reaching for with your company. What we did is we took the concept of a reusable bottle and we were able to figure out a way to fill it, prepackage it with water. You're getting that first use case where you have access to your local grocery or convenience store, for example, and you can go to that store and it's, you know, on the shelf while you're on the go, you can grab a product that's that is guilt-free essentially because today if you go into the stores or traditionally up to this point you'll see a sea of plastic of single-use products and so i can't really blame the consumer for drinking out of a plastic bottle because they don't have the opportunity to do anything else you know it's honestly these large corporations that are basically building the menu of what is available to the consumer. And so ultimately at the end of the day, the consumers are going to choose the products that they believe are the best products available to them. So the idea of Pathwater is we have a reusable bottle. It's prepackaged with water or inside of it. So you get that first use case, but after you drink it the first time, you don't have to toss it. You have the ability and the option to reuse and to refill over and over again. So I get the idea that an aluminum bottle can be reused and that that inspires people to, okay, I need a bottle of water right now because I'm at the game or I'm, I'm out at, you know, at the little league or whatever I am, I can buy this bottle. I can drink it because I didn't bring my water with me. So I need one and, but I can keep the bottle. I can refill it, use it a few times. I think I read on your website nine times or something was kind of like, you can maybe help me understand that. But before we do, I'm curious, like one-to-one, and I'm sure you know this, like an aluminum bottle to a plastic bottle. Like if I only use each one once, probably the plastic bottle is better, right? From a standpoint of how much it costs to create it and how much energy, I assume that a a plastic bottle used one time, or is it not? I I mean, so I kind of want to know, and then at what point would an aluminum bottle kind of catch up? Is it nine uses where it catches up, or is it two uses? And then after that, I'm definitely sort of like in the gravy zone, you know? So so maybe you can help me understand that simple equation that I'm sure is in everyone's mind. Although raw aluminum is, is potentially harder to mine and, and to produce than plastic. Once the aluminum is sourced for the first time and put into the, to the business cycle, aluminum is very, very easy to recycle. That first time that you grab that aluminum out of the earth, it's going to require energy. We did a life cycle analysis with a 
firm called Carbon Analytics. And what we found through that analysis was on the third refill, we're basically carbon neutral. Anything more than three refills, it's restorative to the planet. So we always say four to restore. But even if you drink that bottle one time and you toss it in the recycling, first of all, the recycling rate of aluminum in the United States is 72%, way higher than plastic. Why? Because I think people just know inherently when you're holding an a metal container that it's more recyclable. Number two is that recycling centers actually make all of their money from recycling metals and they don't make any money from recycling plastic, glass, paper, or any other materials. The recycling value of aluminum and other metals is very, very high compared to other materials. Lastly, to that point is that when you, as soon as you throw that aluminum can or bottle or whatever it may be, into the recycling bin, within 60 days, it will end up on the shelf as another aluminum product. So it's extremely recyclable. It's infinitely recyclable, which means Mm -hmm. it doesn't lose quality every time it goes through that process like plastic does. Plastic actually doesn't get recycled. It gets downcycled. It loses quality every time it goes from a, a bottle to maybe a plastic bag to crappy toys and then ends up as little tiny pieces of microplastics that are in our oceans and landfills and come back into our food systems. Last question on this. If I take an aluminum bottle and I just throw it in the woods, how long does it take for it to degrade versus a plastic bottle? I'm not sure about the exact answer on that. I, I know that aluminum is a, is a natural, like it's an, it's naturally, you know, sourced from the earth compared to plastic is petroleum, right? It's not in its original form. So I'm not sure about the exact, exact okay. answer to that. I agree with you, Shadi, especially around the, the thinking that consumers don't have the right choice. And it's important to provide them with the choice to make a decision that can be carbon restorative, as, as you put it. In fact, uh, there's a great book called uh, The Inconspicuous Consumption, The Environmental Impact You Don't Know You Have by Tatiana Schlossberg. And she makes that exact same point about not only just water, but mm. denim, fashion, many, many other industries where we just don't have the right choices now. And I would argue the same for money, for impact investing. And so to that end, in your thinking and your co-founders thinking around the environmental impact that you're having, you've obviously thought about that. Has that changed over the years? And has your mission always been the same? And also, what is the vision for your mission as you grow and scale? Our mission has always been pretty much the same to forge the path to ending single-use plastic bottled water. But as we develop as a company, how we're approaching that continues to evolve. So we're continuing to roll out new SKUs, new product innovations, things on our website that we can sell as, as auxiliary to kind of like push our mission forward. And, and the product has also evolved in that same direction. So we've changed the bottle, we've changed the cap multiple times, and we're continuing to innovate within our own product category, within our own, you know, portfolio of products. The vision for Pathwater, what we want to accomplish is essentially anywhere where you see plastic bottled water being offered or sold could be replaced with a more sustainable option. And so we want to be on every single shelf. And and the beauty of what we're doing compared to, for example, some of the, the reusable containers, bottles that you 
mentioned earlier is that beverage as an industry reaches every corner of the world. And if you think of Coca-Cola, it's one of the biggest brands in the world before Amazon and SpaceX took off. Uh, it was the biggest brand in the world. And the reason for that is because you can go to any part of the world and you can grab a Coke. That level of distribution means that the scale and the level of impact that we're able to have compared to you know other products that might sell in a different setting is, is much greater. How do you approach the Coca-Colas of the world? How, how do you change that large institutionalized mindset? I'm, I'm just really you know in awe of that as a possibility. Well, I think it's changing. You know, we always like to say what we're doing is, is much bigger than Pathwater. You know, there is a movement against single-use plastic, and we're really proud to be leading that movement within our space. But the conversation is continuing to grow. You know, when we started the brand in early 2015, people had been talking about plastic. It was part of some of the conversations compared to now. I mean, if you look two years ago, with the plastic straw movement, with how these large organizations, Ikea, Marriott, McDonald's, et cetera, continued, you know, just completely eliminated plastic straws within their organizations. These are big changes. If you also look at, you know, the meat industry and how alternative meats or alternatives to, to meat have kind of come in on a large scale and offered an alternative to, to meat. It, it always reminds me of, I, I had heard that the two leading water conservationists in the world, they actually, when they learned how much water the agricultural world was taking from the earth and how it was destroying all the natural resources, they became vegetarian. And so as the news kind of and the level of awareness grows and now that we have social media and power of the internet this information is able to be disseminated on a much larger scale very very quickly i think over the next 12 to 18 months you're going to see a surge of the conversation against plastic bottled water continuing to to really uh, roll forward so let's say the surge happens and your business expands rapidly. What are you doing like from a leadership standpoint? So let's kind of switch to you. I feel like, you know, sure. you're leading this company, it's growing. What how do you view your your team, your your company culture? What are you doing to prepare for that kind of growth? It's a great question. So leadership has been top of mind for me over the past few years. Honestly, when I started when we started the business, I didn't need this, the necessarily the skills of your quintessential leader. I needed the skill set of being scrappy. I needed the skill set of being a good salesperson, you know, to get that initial interest. I needed, you know, some other skill sets. But as the company evolved, as we started to bring in top talent from Nestle and Red Bull and, you know, some really great institutions, that required me to change my approach to the day-to-day, the things I would do on a daily basis to, to help drive the, the business forward. I think leadership is extremely, extremely important as I've kind of dove more and more into it. It, it really comes down to always being humble, always being open-minded, but also creating a kind of North Star for everyone to hold on to and to hang on to and continuing to just drive and drill that same messaging into the minds of your team. And so for us, one of the big ones that we always have on all of our all hands meeting is we want to get to 
eliminating 10 billion plastic bottles from the waste stream by 2022. That's our goal. On average, the average citizen in the United States uh, uses 156 plastic bottles per year. So you can do some easy math. If you reuse your bottle, you know, five to 10 times, you're making a huge, huge impact. Incredible. Have you felt that having social impact as a part of your strategy, a central part of your business strategy, you've seen either positive impact or more kind of authentic adoption of your product? I imagine that would also play into where the world is now, where the zeitgeist is, and, you know, engaging as a leader, like some of the bigger companies that really do need to change. It's, it's worked as a benefit. You know, there are pros and cons to having a quote unquote sustainable business model, especially in our situation, because we're selling you a reusable product in an industry that's built to sell the consumer as much stuff as possible. You want that rebuy. You want that resale. That's the typical business model of a beverage company, food and beverage. So for us, you know, we're telling you go and buy our product and then never buy it again. It doesn't really make sense, right? It's very counterintuitive. And I think that's why we're so disruptive is because we're providing a true solution. We're not providing an alternative to plastic. We're solving a a much larger problem. And so, you know, when we go and talk to some of the corporate partners that have amazingly joined the, the past movement, that's really what kind of gets to their hearts is knowing that they have that solution. And ultimately what I always say is consumers are going to vote with their dollars for the brands that they believe are solving a problem. It seems to me like the, like if I'm the head of merchandising at Seven Eleven or something that this message would be sort of like, yeah, I got my numbers. I got to hit. And you know, I really prefer people to just buy a, buy one every time. Um, I really don't want to train my consumers to bring their own beverages with them in their cars. I want to train them to always be able to buy a cold one from me. I guess you must go in there and say, well, yeah, but some of your customers don't want to do that. Is it a common? I, I wouldn't think they would say that. I think it would be more just like this kind of red herring, you know, sort of like, oh, well, maybe next year we'll take a look at it. You know, we're not quite sure. We'll run a test, you know, they'll do some stuff. But it seems to me like they would pay a lot of lip service to that, but never really, I mean, it'd be hard to get somebody like that really bought into. I'm going to take my 17 coolers of throwaway beverages and change my business model. If if this really works and everybody's mind changes, that there would be three instead. And my stores are all too big now. You know, so yeah. I, I just kind of wonder, what is your reaction to that comment? People suck. Like I said, it's really weird. <laughs> um, we... We think that number one, to your point, stores are losing customers because they're not taking initiatives towards sustainability. There are actually a number of stores like mom's market that have completely banned plastic bottled water within their stores. And they have a certain consumer that comes to their store because of that reason. But what we always say is we're actually bringing a customer back into your store by giving them again, the opportunity to be sustainable, to be guilt-free, because a lot of people feel bad drinking out of a plastic bottle of water and they know it. And so as, again, awareness becomes greater and greater about how serious this problem actually is, that's what's going to, I think, lead to the continued growth of, of the eco-friendly space. I think it 
also takes a lot of leadership qualities to have these tough conversations and be authentic about the fact that, you know, you are creating a product that you don't want people to necessarily buy over and over and over again and what that actually takes. So, I mean, I it definitely has its challenges, but I think that there are ways to navigate this world. And me personally, I am I am very vocal about the fact that when somebody offers me a plastic bottle, like I do not do single-use plastic. And I think that in doing so, I'm not trying to be snobby. I'm trying to change culture as well. Yeah, amazing. And so... It's it's a really important you know part of my view of my personal sustainability. So let's turn to you, Shadi, um, and we'll get into our rapid fire questions now. We'd love to just get to know you in a quick lightning round here. What book is on your nightstand right now? The book on my nightstand is called The Untethered Soul. I just heard about that. <laughs> really interesting book. Yes, it was just recommended in a podcast I was listening to. Really, um, what is incredible. It? It, it kind of talks about that voice in your head and how you have to battle yourself on a day-to-day basis and, and kind of identifying that. Since we're talking about beverages, what is your uh, go-to beverage in the morning? Coffee, tea, or caffeine-free? Don't say water. So I always drink <laughs> my elixir that I learned from Aubrey Marcus, which is a big glass of water with pink Himalayan salt and lemon juice or just a squeeze of lemon in it. And then after that, later, I'll, I'll get a coffee or a mate. I really like mate. Tell us something that's giving you hope right now. Today was the presidential inauguration, and I think there's a lot of positivity behind it. So I'm hopeful for the next four years of our United States administration. Yeah, let's raise a cold one to the peaceful transfer of power in our democracy. And the yes. first female vice, <laughs> vice president. Yeah. Incredible. Huge. What is one trend you are watching in your industry? So the two trends that are kind of driving Pathwater, the number one, in 2017, water became the largest in terms of sales volume in the beverage space. It, it beat carbonated soft drinks in the first time in history. And so water is becoming a dominant space as, as you see the health and, and wellness trend continue to evolve. And then you're seeing organizations, cities, governments across the United States and across the world eliminating or banning single-use plastic bottled water. One of the big ones for us was San Francisco International Airport, where in August of 2019, they banned single-use plastic and we swept in and took over the entire airport. And that's a proof of concept, a huge, huge proof of concept for us and one of the largest international hubs in the world. So do you have a favorite resource for staying up to date on current events, podcast, website, newsletter? How do you stay in tune with the world? I'll be completely honest with you guys. I, I am not so much into the news. I don't really watch the news that much. I kind of separate myself because there's so much noise. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm, I'm definitely in that same category. What is the best way for you to unwind? I've found that during COVID, especially running in the morning or doing some intense physical exercise has completely changed my life. You know, I'm in a very high pressure position. And so you have that little feeling in the pit of your stomach when you're stressed out. I was constantly, constantly feeling that, that feeling of stress and pressure and running in the morning, long distance running, like very, very slow pace. You don't have to you're not racing against anyone. Just really slow paced running is like 
my type of met one of my many types of meditation. Okay, so this one, I actually don't know how old you are, but you're pretty young. What's one piece of advice you would 29. give? 29. Are you 29? Okay, yeah. So what what is one piece of advice you would give to your 19-year-old self 10 years ago? What would you tell yourself that you know now? So many things, but if I had to choose one, I would say don't let anyone ever tell you that you're too young or too old or too this or too that. It's all BS. You know, human potential is limitless. Tough to top that one. Eva? My advice to my 19-year-old self to be more authentic and to, I'm caught off guard here, but to honor my own beliefs and truths and to live them fully, which is where I am now. But it took me 10 years after leaving Wall Street to get there. You know, it's funny about my 19-year-old self. I wouldn't, I'm not going to answer the question of what advice I would I would give because this was my question. I'm not going to ask myself it. <laughs> what's funny is I've been on this diet recently and I just hit my weight that I last hit when I was 19 years old. Woo! Congrats. Incredible. Can you huge. tell us what the diet is? Because you'll leave our listeners hanging. I will not. Okay. <laughs> No, no it's, worries. It basically, it's keto. Got it. There's nothing wrong with keto. <laughs> no, no, it's it's pretty good. I mean, um, we could spend a whole episode on that, but it would be very boring. Yes. <laughs> so going back to you, Shadi, we want to wrap up by learning more about your vision for the future of your company. But, you know, I had a specific question about that. You talk a lot about the U.S. market. It's incredible what you did with San Francisco Airport. But I... I have the vantage point of being an emerging markets investor and I brush my teeth. That is the only time I use single use plastic and I brush my teeth with single use plastic water and it is absolutely everywhere because as a foreigner, I'm not, can't handle the water. I'm not sure if that's actually true, but um, it is handed to you all over the place. So how does this concept become more global for you? We got to do what we can in the places that we can access to clean water in places where it's not as accessible. There's, there's some reality to it, right? Um, we need to build that type of infrastructure on a global scale. Think water.org and a number of other for-profit and non-profit organizations are going after that for us. You know, I think Europe is a huge market. I think, you know, we're already selling in, in all 7-Eleven in Mexico. We're selling in Canada, Australia, Singapore. In this global age, lines on a map are just that. You know, they're, they're becoming more and more blurred on a day-to-day basis. And water is a human right. Water should be accessible to everyone. We always say the water in our bottle is actually free. You get the water in the bottle for free, and you get a reusable container alongside it for a very, very affordable price. You know, and we're selling on the on the shelf in stores for two or three dollars. The idea is that we want to be accessible to the masses. We want to make it as easy as possible. To Ed's point earlier, in order to convince people to transition away from plastic, I'll give you a very quick example. We saw in a lot of schools, right? And in schools, a lot of the education budget comes from selling bottled water. So they can't get rid of bottled water completely. So we give them an easy way to kind of take steps in that direction over a period of time. It sounds like there's a tremendous amount of potential. For me, my last question would be around you as a serial entrepreneur. I'm not asking you to look into a crystal ball and tell us what you're going to do next, but what else inspires you? What other industries do you think are in need of disruption and what excites you potentially for the future of your own career? 
if anyone steals my ideas, I'm taking 10%. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) But I have honestly so many ideas. I'm an advocate of just writing it in the notes in your iPhone or whatever phone you have and continuing to build different ideas. I'm really interested in the fast food industry because I think there are regions all over the world, especially in lower socioeconomic areas where obesity is just prevalent just because there is no other option, just like plastic bottled water. And so I think I, I have some really good ideas around how to disrupt the fast food space to make it taste good, efficient, effective, and and also healthy. I think that's a really big one for me. My long-term or maybe a little bit longer-term entrepreneurial passion, one of my big, big passions is honestly in neuroscience. I think that there is a dimension between humanity, between humans, that we can't sense or we can't see like there's too many coincidences things happen you know in in a way that just kind of blows my mind sometimes and so i think in the same way that elon musk commercialized space and we don't know anything about space um, we also don't know anything about the human mind we know very very little and so that's one big big interest of mine down the line Incredible. Well, we will try to track anybody that takes your ideas forward, and um, yeah, maybe by having the them, idea. <laughs> maybe by having them as guests on the show. Um, but it has been an incredible interview with you. Thank you, Shadi, for sharing with us um, your story and your company's vision as well as your vision for the world and really excited to check in with you maybe next year on how you've met your your mission of 10 billion bottles mapping and controlling the human mind too we want to catch up on that (laughs) yeah give me a few years on that one (laughs) cool it's been great (laughs) thanks for joining us today yeah take care thank you Once again, it's clear that a business leader with good intentions can create an impressive social, environmental, and ethical impact. There is always a way to put meaning behind the mission of a company, and we can all make a difference. You've taken the first step by listening to the Beyond Capital podcast. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't yet, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, go to beyondcapitalpodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at EA Stevens. And follow me on Instagram at Conscious Investor. Until next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>